sugar, we all end up in diapers. Welcome to the Movie Ladder Podcast, where we climb the rungs of cinematic connections. Each week, we're discussing a movie that connects to the movie from the previous week's podcast. I'm Zach Brooks, and for the 165th time, I am joined by... Brendan Fitzpatrick, and uh, yeah, happy happy to be here. Our first Fincher film? Yeah, kind of weird. First, yeah, first Fincher. First Fincher uh, before film. we get there, what did you think of the new intro, Brendan? Uh, that was all right. That's all right. That was all right. It was uh, threw me re- off a little, but it wasn't too bad. Yeah, that that new intro coming to you from via Chat GPT. Brendan ran what is the movie ladder podcast through Chat GPT, and it said that we <laughs> climb the ladder of movies um and so i want to change uh-huh. it just a little bit so we climb the rung of cinematic connections yeah uh chat gtp really saying that zach brooks is the host of the movie ladder podcast and nobody else uh so i don't even know why i'm here I am, I'm, I'm not a, a co-host man show. this podcast well <laughs> um brendan for the 165th time we've met each other in the middle in the perfect spot uh last week yeah. we talked about on golden pond and this week due to an aging gracefully connection uh-huh. We will be discussing The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Just giving away my title connection right at the Yeah, um, I actually had On Olden Pond written down, but I like mm. yours too. Oh, okay, nice. If or, we could have, you know, if we had Grace, if we had Grace on one of these podcasts, it would have been perfect. For yeah, exactly. Uh, on Olden Pit was a little too cute that's, by half because it's a pit instead of a pond. Yeah. You know? I mean, On Golden right. Pod could have worked. Or On Olden Pod could have worked. Yeah. On yes. Olden Pod. Yeah. On Olin Pond. Uh, anyways, yeah, we're a mess. Uh, then at the end of the episode, we will pick our next movie based on suggestions sent in by the listeners and as your hosts. Uh, so we'll be spoiling Curious Case of Benjamin Button if you've never seen it and you want to watch it before we talk about it. It is on Paramount Plus mm-hmm. and uh, a couple other places, too. I think it's on, like, Plex and Tubi with ads, I believe. Yeah. Um, Definitely don't want to watch this with ads. It's already a little bit of a long movie. I actually disagree a little bit. Um well, we'll, maybe we talk about that. So we'll be spoiling Curious Case of Benjamin Button. And uh, if you do just want to skip ahead to the, discri- the discussion about what we're watching next week, that timestamp is in the podcast description. But of course, pause it. Go watch that movie. It is a little long, as Brendan said, but I don't know. It, doesn't, it didn't feel the length It didn't me, feel honestly. long. Like, it, like, I could tell how long it was, but I was never, like, bored. You know what I mean? That's good. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's always good. Um. And uh, so, as always, submit your feedback to us, ratings, questions, comments, at Ladder Movie on Twitter and Instagram, the movie ladder at gmail.com. Follow us on Letterboxd, the movie ladder, where we post uh, all of our, uh, our ladders on there, all the movies we've covered. And then we have a watch list with everything that's been suggested as a nominee on this podcast. Mm-hmm. We're on a nominee. So, um, yeah. Brennan, are you feeling curious to talk about Benjamin Button? I'm super curious to talk about Benjamin Button. Um, I... You know, I, I'm excited to get into it. There are things I like about this film and things that really don't work for me, and I'm excited to get into both. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm curious. I feel like looking at Letterboxd, I feel like this is one of the more polarizing films that we've done. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of four and five stars from people and uh, some one, one and a half stars. I also feel like in the, what, 15 years since this movie came out, that this movie is sort of has become like a punchline. And but its reputation has also grown, like, amongst film lovers. That's the thing, is, like, the polar opposites of those ratings have only gotten more extreme in the last 15 years. Yeah, I feel like every, like, my thoughts on this was that this movie was going to be, like, really bad. And Fincher, you know, everybody says this is Fincher's worst movie. And, like, I feel like I see this on, on as Fincher's worst movie on a lot of um, rankings. And, I mean, we saw this movie spoofed in uh, Secret Life of Walter Mitty. 
And so I was, you know, I was kind of prepared to come in to have this just be like a joke of a movie. And I don't feel, I, I think like there are some Oh, this movie is, about it, there's nothing yeah. to joke about with this movie. It takes itself very, very seriously. Yeah, yeah and maybe that's what the, maybe that's what the people's problem yeah. is, is how serious the movie takes itself. Yeah. So, For sure. yeah. Um, so I think I, I am, I'm very interested to talk about this. I think this will be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but before we do that, we got to talk about the best thing we watched this week. Uh, Brendan, what was the best thing you watched in the last week? Yeah, so I watched a grand total of 13 films between On Golden Pond (laughs) and this. Um, I had a lot of time on my hands earlier this week um, and over the weekend. uh, Nice. But I'm actually going to talk about one of the very first things that I watched. Uh, I want to talk about another uh, early 2000s film. This one starring Philip Seymour Hoffman. This one a biopic. Um, I mentioned a couple weeks ago that I watched In Cold Blood. And watching that made me add Capote to my watch list because mm-hmm. I had never seen it. Um, I was absolutely captivated by this movie. Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman is just fully committing to the role of Truman Capote. Uh, directed by Bennett Miller, this came out in 2005. It is actually sort of the quote-unquote behind-the-scenes story of how Truman Capote investigated and wrote the novel for in Cold Blood, which got turned into the 1960s film that I talked about as best thing I watched a couple weeks ago. Um, I really, really like this movie. I think it's a really fantastic performance. Uh, Catherine Keener, who's come up on this podcast earlier mm-hmm. this year, yeah, um, I didn't realize Harper Lee was a character in this story. So it was really cool to have her pop up playing another well-known author uh, who is sort of Capote's sidekick throughout this adventure. Um I thought that this was really, really good. Um, it, 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 yeah, it's. Um, I wish that there had been more for Jacob from Lost slash Mark Bellagrino. Oh, that's right, do. he's in that. Yeah, yeah, to do as one of the inmates. Instead, it focuses on the one he's not playing much more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wish he had had more to do. But yeah, overall, um, well deserved Oscar for Philip Seymour Hoffman, and really glad I watched this. Did he? He won. I'm assuming. Yeah, he won for Cambodia. Nice. Um, yeah, I did watch Capote a couple years ago because I read I read well, I was supposed to read the In Cold Blood in college mm. and much like most of most of my schooling, I didn't actually read it. Um, and then coming back, I was like, oh, I, sh- I should read this. So a couple years later, I uh, I got into it. I read the book and then I watched Capote. I don't remember a ton about the movie, but I do remember uh, I do remember Philip Seymour Hoffman. Obviously, gives a great performance. Yeah. So um, are you inspired now to read in cold blood no, absolutely not i i have way too much going on to be picking up new books i i have a bookshelf full of books that i still need to read this year that i haven't cracked a single one of them so oh, man. all right well <laughs> get on it so, i will i will uh, now that the weather's finally starting to get warmer i might yeah, you can start take reading upstairs. back up yeah mm-hmm. yeah um i did not watch as many movies as you i only watched a few movies um one mm-hmm. of which is for a podcast that you and i recorded yesterday that will be coming out next week that was not the best thing i watched uh, coming out on Friday. Friday, yes, that's what I meant, on Friday. Um, later this week. Yeah. Uh, later this week. Yes, uh, that was not the best thing I watched. And if you want to hear Brennan and I be a little bit more negative on a podcast than we normally <laughs> are, I feel like, because neither of us really like that movie. Uh, yeah. Check out some podcast feeds coming out Friday, and we'll retweet it when it comes out. Uh, so I'm going to go to the TV vault for my Ooh. best thing I watched this week. I flew through the second season of White Lotus. Nice. Cannot believe that I waited like six months to watch this show. Because I loved the first season, and the second season came out, and I feel like it was like, I almost wanted to savor it, I feel like, even mm-hmm. though I, I binged right through it. 
it was one of those like where you have like that favorite piece of Halloween candy that you get and you don't want to eat it first. You're like, I'm going to save this. I'm going to save it. Um, and then once I once I opened it, I, I thought the second season was phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. I I don't know. I I think there are parts of it that I like better in the first season. It's really hard for me to pick between the first and second season, mm-hmm. which one I like better. Um, I think the first season just had like so much tension. But the finale of White Lotus season two, my heart was beating out of my chest. Yeah, it's really good. Um, yeah. yeah, I still kind of wish that the show didn't have the structure of like it opens with a dead body. And then yeah. that's just I mean, lingering that's over the, the season. That's- yeah, that's yeah, the problem. Just, is that's the hook, and yes, right. It, yeah. But what I'm so much more interested in that show is like the interpersonal dynamics and the social <laughs> commentary, and um, I feel like it has that in the beginning part of the season, and then it starts getting away from that as you get closer yeah. to the end because they have to solve like the mystery of the sure. of the season. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, why those seasons seem really good? Yeah, I definitely. Um, it's one of those things where I enjoy the overall season of season one more, but the finale of season two more than the finale of season one. Yeah, I think it feels I more good. satisfying. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought some of the roles were really, really well cast in season mm. two. F. Murray Abraham was perfect sure. in that role. Um, and I really liked Aubrey Plaza, too. I think she yeah. brings like a, yeah, a very did. specific character type to her character. So um, Absolutely. excited to see. I don't know. After the season, they were talking about like if they're going to be going to like Asia next. Mike, yeah, that Mike seems White to be the comment. rumor. Yeah, Mike yeah. White made a comment about like Eastern religion is like yeah. the, what he wants to tackle next. Um, yeah. And it's, I, you know, it's interesting Mike White was on Survivor because it kind of feels like Survivor. We're like, oh, here's where we're going next. <laughs> of course, uh, so hopefully, of course. like, yeah, later seasons of White Lotus aren't just in Fiji every right. every year. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was, that was pretty good. They were. <laughs> I know, right? Um, and, you know, I did watch Dr. Zhivago last week. Uh, epic movie. Very good. Honestly, it feel, like I lost power for the weekend, and so it feels like so much has happened since I watched Dr. Yeah. Shivago. It feels like I watched it, like, months ago, so I can't yeah, believe Yeah, I'm noticing way. a few more gray hairs, and your beard is getting a little scraggly, so. Yeah, it's <laughs> true. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so that that is uh, what we watched this week. But we both watched Curious Case of Benjamin Button, so uh, might as well dive into that. So, uh, 2008 movie came out around Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Fincher stars uh, Brad Pitt. Kate Blanchett, among others. Um, I was well, I was really happy to see Mahershala mm-hmm. Ali because this is pre. Yeah. This is one uh, of his first big roles. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is right around House of Cards time, like right before House of Cards. Before House, House, House of Cards was like it's, 2014. This is did, way didn't House of Cards start in like 2011? Uh, no, it was it was like 2013, 2014. Okay, Cards But yeah, I mean, this, so this is several years before House of Cards, before a lot of his big roles. Um, really great to see him pop up here, and he and. Uh, you know, T- Taraji P. Henson really like walks away with this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, playing for me, movie. like it's not it's not close. Oh, um, as as uh, Benjamin's uh, adopted mother. Um. So yeah, look, there's actually the start of this movie mirrors the start of another movie that we watched last year, and I'm curious if you picked up on what it was. Um. Not off the top of my head, I might have, and I'm not, it's not coming up to me, but I do feel like this movie connected to so many movies that we've done recently. Right. Um, it's really hard to just pick one that's, uh, that is my, my movie map for this week. Maybe, so what was maybe the, not what last year. I can't remember what year we did. Um, what year what did movie? we do Batman Returns? Oh, that was a couple years ago. Okay, so um, two years ago. ago we did Batman Returns, and if we were doing the movie Atlas, we would connect mm-hmm. the beginning of this movie to Batman Returns as... We see, you know, we have these parents who give birth to this quote-unquote deformed, defective child. 
Mm-hmm. And Texas, the father yeah. tries to go throw the baby in the river, just like the beginning of Batman Returns with mm-hmm. the penguin and Oswald Cobblepot's parents. Interesting. Yeah, I, did, I didn't so, really make that connection, yeah. but, um, you know, I do think and that's that's an interesting way to connect. I felt like I kept thinking of other ways this was connecting to other movies that we did last year mm-hmm. so much. Um, you know, so this movie, I'm sure everybody knows the concept. I'm, I'm yep. sure if you're listening, you've watched it, but it's like, one of the more high concept movies that we've done, basically that like the movie is, what if there was a person who was born and aged backwards and they and were born an old person the and became thing a thing is actually they don't, this is, this is what, this is what bothers me about the movie is that it's elevator pitch. High concept is that he ages backwards. He really more ages in a circle. I think that's what the movie's saying. I think the movie's but, saying that life is like, that you start like we all like we all start and end. In, we all in wind diapers. up in diapers. Yeah. Yes, fair enough. Um, yeah, no, I think that's kind of the concept. But we don't all revert back to being the size and shape of a baby. No, not the size of a baby, <laughs> yeah. but we do. You do lose your functions. I mean, that's you true. do like shrivel up. I, I like. Yeah. I kind of like. I think this I, this is an interesting movie. I remember really liking this when I saw it in theaters, mm-hmm. and. I had not seen it in 15 years. And so like my memory of it was like, yeah, it was kind of cheesy. It was kind of corny. Yeah. But I think this movie deals with some like such good themes. I don't yeah. know if it fully executes on all of them, That's... but there's so many good themes. And like, I feel like this movie as a fable on so many different levels, including mm-hmm. like a fable about marriage and about like yep. when you're, I'm not married, but like what I can assume is that when you're married, like it's like in sickness and in health and you are with the other person as they grow old and get gross and disgusting. Mm-hmm. And like also as like a, um, you know, like a time period, like a, kind of like about time as well. Like where yeah. it, it's about, I did think about people, a lot, a lot about, about yeah. Like two people this. who are at two at different ends of life when they meet each other, mm-hmm. um, you know, where Benjamin, obviously he's young in mind, but he's old in body and and Daisy is is young as a child and, and then they meet at this sweet spot in the middle where they're both kind of at the top of the at the top of their like life uh their life Ferris wheel right like yep. a, a Ferris wheel going around yeah it is uh, a Ferris wheel yeah and like there's this sweet spot where they both are together and then they kind of like move apart like they're two ships passing the night kind of and I I love like what this movie says about uh, about time and connection and like there's so many things that this right. dives into. That by the end of the movie, I was kind of really like uh, emotional about the end of this movie. And yeah, I was see, the, that's that, the thing that is, the end of this movie does not work for me at all, okay. and here's why. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm happy to debate this with you. Or maybe not the very end of the movie is what doesn't work for me. What doesn't work for me is the choice Benjamin makes, because so okay, so there's Benjamin and there's Daisy, and they have this star-crossed lovers thing throughout the movie. Until Benjamin comes back from war, meets up with an old adult Daisy. They date, then they don't date, then they date again. Right. Right at the sweet spot. Mm-hmm. And they have a kid and they move in together. And then Benjamin decides a year into this kid's life that he's just going to peace out before he has to be a quote unquote be a burden to Daisy and mm-hmm. their child. But here's my problem with this is that he then goes on 15 more adventures across the world that he sends in postcards Mm -hmm. where he could have been there being a dad to his kid and seemed to have the full functionality of being, of being of sound mind and body for at least five or 10 years Mm -hmm. after the point he leaves. 
and this is this is where I really got annoyed with it is that Zach, I don't I think you don't mind me saying this. You and I both lost our dads. Really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Would you rather have some memory of your dad from when you were younger and be thankful for the time you got to spend with him mm-hmm. or have no memory of your father and find out that your dad chose to go live this whole other life? Right when your mom's instead about of, to die. <laughs> like instead the of, moment exactly, your mom dies. Uh, exactly. And that's what pisses me off about the message good, of this movie. That's a good point. And that's something I really did not think about at all. That's what um, pisses me off about the message. Because of I was thinking about it more from like this practical perspective where I'm like, well, yeah, he's got to leave before the daughter starts forming memories. And then the and then Daisy's going to have to explain to her daughter this like phenomenon that her dad is the only person in the world who ages the reverse. And so her dad is going to like like it's her dad is going to become like a if her dad had cross- cancer. Like, you, 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 he, exactly. he got some time with her. And I do think that's interesting. I think that's an interesting way to look at it. That's like when you're a kid and your father is sick or your parent is sick or whoever, and you have to explain to your kid like this, how do you explain cancer to a kid? Exactly. Like that doesn't make any yep. sense. Just like this wouldn't make any sense. So I, yeah, I, I, I get that. I, it's not something I think it's I a cop out. I think it's of. bullshit that he okay. just, yeah. <laughs> do you think it's so, bullshit by the movie or do you think it's bullshit by the character? I think it's bullshit by the character. I understand why the movie makes that choice. I just think it's a bullshit choice for the character. But do you think that David And I Fincher think it's the movie is... trying to teach the long, wrong lesson. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Because um, I, I do get the, like, I, I was thinking when Daisy has explained to Caroline about her dad and she's having Caroline, like, read the book and Hurricane mm-hmm. Katrina is about to hit the is about to hit the hospital, which yeah. I totally forgot that this movie took place during Hurricane Katrina yep. and that device. Yep. Um, and that I like that because that, that really grounds it to, like, mm-hmm real life um as yep. a real life event yeah i actually got a couple connections out of that too so. um in i was thinking like if i was caroline i'd be like what the hell like you're just now giving me this book like exactly. i get that you don't want to show this to me when i'm a child but she's like but in her 30s the word the other part is that then daisy goes on to have a relationship with the child benjamin as he's de-aging for another 20 years mm-hmm. without caroline's involvement him. yeah huh? Yeah, I mean, like, I think an, a, another, well, another thing that I noticed with this movie is that this movie's about adoption, right? That yeah. Benjamin is adopted, um, you know, not just adopted, he's adopted by a black family yep. during, what was this, like, 1930, 1940? Yeah, so right? even like, pre-civil rights era, yeah. Exactly. And that this movie is about him being, actually, yeah. you know, you see him in the in the gospel church, and he's mm-hmm. the only white person, and, and being taken in to this community that he physically in many ways he doesn't physically belong in this world but again he doesn't Mm. physically belong in this community um and then he's adopted again by basically when daisy is a grandmother and daisy Mm. takes care of him as a child and i think like that scene like i can see why that is mockable right you see the grandmother walking with a with a toddler and kissing a toddler on the mouth and it's like creepy and weird and i think like on the surface there is a lot about aging that is creepy and weird. That is also and, weird. Yeah. Fair like, as we saw with some movies last year. And I think that this movie is saying, like, you have to, with with love, with this, with this partnership, you have to go beyond that surface level, um, mm. beyond beyond that skin level. So, yeah. I, you know, I can, like, I get why some of that, like, some of the visuals are a little off-putting. But mm. I think that's, in, I think that works. Well, the visuals don't bother me. I mean, as as a child who was born with a, you know, physical physical disaffection to their face and body, mm-hmm. 
you know, I like I usually will sympathize with a character like Benjamin in a film mm. because I know what it's like to be mocked and be different mm-hmm. and treated like you're not normal. You know, yeah. so I totally like I totally sympathize with Benjamin from that POV, especially the stuff like with him as a child. Mm-hmm. It all really works for me. It all really works for me. Yeah. Um, and see, that's the and, beginning of this movie is what didn't work as much for me. I like it took me so long to get into mm-hmm. this movie. And I think the second half, like much like the Elvis movie that you and I did the podcast on, like you and I are I in the second, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like the second half was like so much stronger. Um, and I think my, I mean, like, I definitely have some criticism. This is not a five star movie for me, but I'm no. much higher on this movie than I was expecting coming in. And I think because of the themes that it attra- attempts to do, and it does it as like a fairy tale and a fable, so yeah. it doesn't have to be kind of spot on with the realism and the logistics of mm. it. Square. But I wish that there this movie was more the Daisy and Benjamin story. I think so. And I think that's where you and I can meet in the middle is that there are some real – the middle part of this movie is really where the movie starts humming as they're growing up and living their separate lives and keeping in touch with each other. And we're getting all of these experiences of Benjamin as it's getting closer to World War II, as he's out on the boat with – Freaking Captain mm-hmm. Mike, played by Jared Harris of Chernobyl. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, like, Jared Harris of Mad Men as well. Yeah, pre pre Chernobyl, pre Mad Men, Jared Harris, who if if Taraji P Henson wasn't this great in this film, he'd be my MVP mm-hmm. of the film. Like he's fantastic in this. I absolutely love him. Um, yeah, he gets all these adventures. He gets to meet Tilda Swinton at, in Paris and have a whole love affair with her, and then. Uh, when, playing a real playing Elizabeth Abbott, who I think is a yeah, real life person. She's correct? the first woman to ever swim the swim the Eagle Shadow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I did say I did say earlier that he was adopted in the forties. Obviously, he wasn't adopted in the forties because right, it was nineteen eighteen. Yeah, yeah, nineteen eighteen. He. Yeah. I was just trying to place the the year. So yeah, mm-hmm. nineteen eighteen was when he was adopted. Um, yeah, I I think that the middle part of this movie is where it really sings, especially. As he comes back from his boat adventures in World War II and meets back up with Daisy and they fall in and out of love a couple of times, I think that's, you know, I think that all really works really well. And I think that the backdrop of both World Wars in this movie, he's born on the day World War One starts, correct? And Wasn't ends. That? It ends. It, the, the day, day it ends. ends, right. Yeah, um, the day it ends and, in 1918. Yeah. Yes, that was what it Which is why I wrote ends. down Chivago as a connection if you and I hadn't just watched it. Yeah, It'd be like fucking perfect. Um, <laughs> and in the first kind of like prologue story that we get about the man who makes the clock that goes backwards, like, yeah. I I still feel like I get like thematically why that that why that fits in it. Like, is the bookend where you see the clock going mm-hmm. backwards is the very last shot of the movie. Yeah, I, it doesn't quite. It just feels like it. It just like doesn't. It doesn't fit completely for me. Um, but I do I think, think there's like it, lots of connections mm-hmm. and the fact that he makes this clock going backwards because it's about his son um, yeah. who died during World War One, And then we see Benjamin is born the day right. World War One ends. Right. I, I think about it more of like the Gandalf thing of like when Gandalf says to Frodo, like we, we, you know, not all of us want to live to see these times, but what we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. Mm-hmm. And that's what this movie is about is what you choose to do with the time that's given to you. Yeah. And yeah. the visual and, of a clock oh, a clock counting down instead mm, of counting up. Definitely. I mean, that really is like a ticking, you know, it's like it's like your uh your timer ticking out, yep. you know, that we all have this time. So Yeah, we like, all have a timer. Yeah. It's a biological clock, my friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, do you think, I'm just thinking about this now, because, you know, we have the backdrop of World War One, we have the backdrop mm-hmm. of World War Two, and then kind of other things in history, but, like, the, the two wars are the big, like, traumatic things going on in the background during mm-hmm. this movie. But then the framing device is taking place during Hurricane Katrina. Do you think right. this is, like, there's some tie with Fincher where he's saying, like, we fought these world wars that almost ended the world, and now we have these major storms cl- caused by climate change. Like, do you think he's trying to make some sort of, like, climate change is the next world war type if he thing is, and he's trying I to compare think he's them way on the forefront of people saying that through filmmaking mm-hmm. like yeah. i think this is a little too early for that type of political filmmaking like there there weren't that many I mean, people going the day out after tomorrow came out before this movie yeah but that was not necess- that was i mean i know it's about climate change mm-hmm. but it also wasn't like specifically made because of like there weren't it wasn't as big of a political football as the word i'm looking for yeah when this movie came out you know what i mean yeah i just think it's interesting i'm like i'm so curious why fincher because it's it's the part of this movie i forgot and so i'm so curious why this story because it's such a big event too in the in the course of in the course of modern history it's such a huge event well, and this, you know, and this is based this is based on a short story by F. Scott Fitzgerald, right? Yeah. The, obviously, Katrina is not an event in, in F. Scott Fitzgerald's story. Right. Um, and so to have this being told with it's just like it's the thing that I just keep coming back to. I'm like, why was that chosen? Mm. You know, why was it was it just to ground it in, you know, Katrina only happened a couple of years before this movie came out. So yeah, maybe one of our feedbackers will have something to say. Yeah. About and I mean, the yeah. movie does take place in New Orleans. I live in New Orleans. Yeah. Obviously, it's a sure. huge event in the city of New Orleans. Mm. So, um, yeah. uh, what what else do we need to shout out here? Because, I mean, this is like this is basically an epic across the ages love story between Brad Pitt yeah. and Kate Blanchett. I mean, Brad Pitt does look really good in this film. Right, right, you know, for the middle, for the middle hour of the oh, film. Oh, I think Kate Blanchett looks, looks really good. I mean, and so does Kate Blanchett. Yeah. So does Tilda Swinton. I mean, Tilda Swinton looks Swinton great. and Kate yeah. Blanchett look pretty similar to me in this movie. This is, this is what I wrote down. This is the conversation we had to have is they are two actresses who often get mistaken for each other. Like, there's a, there's a whole late night bit. I can't remember what show it was on of, like, is it Tilda Swinton or Kate Blanchett? Oh, really? Yeah. And so, you know, this is one of the only movies that they're in together. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so it's really interesting to see the both of them in the same movie, even when Tilda Swinton first comes on screen. I was like, is that Tilda or is that Kate? I can't remember because it Mm -hmm. it had been so long since I'd seen this and it was Tilda Swinton. Yeah. But yeah, they they are very similar. Very similar looking actresses. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I think like. I don't know, I, I. I, I just feel like this is a really good flawed movie. Like one of the better yeah, flawed movies. That's fair. Um, and there's so much about it that I like. I really like what it's like the ambition it's going for. And I love the ideas behind it. I just felt like execution wise, it just, it didn't, it didn't focus on the things I wanted it to focus on. And also mm. the idea of this is the story of a man who ages backwards and who mm. is an old man and becomes a child. And is there more that they could have done with that concept than Absolutely. they did? Absolutely, yeah. Right, like, so I feel like we've we've done some of these high concept movies before, you know, some of the time travel ones that we've done. Old is a, you know, talk about a, a movie map, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. this is a movie about a beach that makes you older. Like, did yeah. they did they use the concept and do an, and explore it in enough? Like, 
the thing I was wondering is when they are interacting with anybody else besides the immediate family, mm-hmm. is anybody else noticing this? Is asking no. questions? They, are they, they explaining don't, they this? They don't seem to be, and they don't seem to be reckoning with it. Like at when all. they're at the one-year-old birthday party, and the guy yeah. says to Benjamin, "Like kids, kids grow up so fast. You know, you blink your eye, and she's a teenager, right. which is what inspires him to leave in the first right. place." The do those people? I mean, they're at their birthday party. So they no, they know, don't know. Have they, they don't noticed know. that? No. Have they noticed that Benjamin is starting to look younger every no. day? No, they, no. I mean, I definitely don't think they do. And it's like it gets. I'm sure that, but they also never address it because they don't. You don't want to have to like try to explain it or hand wave it in this movie. Like it's mm-hmm. supposed to be a fairy tale, so it's supposed to just be accepted. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, and I love the idea that when uh, when Caroline is born. Mm-hmm. That Benjamin is scared to death that she was going to be born like him. But that yeah. is his, and I think that's another idea that like they touch on it. Yeah. But I think that would be a real anxiety for I mean for anybody who has some sort of mm-hmm. like um you know who's who was born with some sort of medical thing or who has a medical thing that develops later like you know, has a hereditary medical thing that you worry you're going to pass it on to your kids. Um mm-hmm. I think that's that's really interesting. And you know also um the other thing that I thought was that I wanted to touch on too was um was the comments Daisy makes about her loss of ability. She's getting mm-hmm. older. Like, you know, Benjamin is getting more and more agile and virile and younger. Yeah. And she's unable to swim. She's unable to dance and doesn't have her physical talents that she mm-hmm. had before because she's getting older in life. And so they are, like, going two separate directions in the second half of this mm-hmm. movie. Um, For sure. And I think, like, in the first half of this movie, he's getting younger. He's getting he's getting more and more kind of advanced as a, mm. as a you know, he's he's able to do more and more things. But she's a child, and she's also yeah. able to do more and more things. Yeah. The, the passage of time kind of bothers me a little at the beginning of this movie when he gets on the boat, and then, like, it, it seems to have only been a few years that he was on the boat. But mm-hmm. when he's done on the boat, he's, like, he looks like he's 40. Mm-hmm. When he got on the boat, he looked like he was like seventy. Yeah. So the 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 passage of time and the Brad Pitt look didn't always match up to me. What was your favorite Brad Pitt look in this? Um, probably like slightly, either slightly salt and peppery when he first gets back from World War II, mm-hmm. where he's got like the glasses and the same Brad Pitt haircut, but there's a little bit of like salt pepper gray. Or we get that single shot where he's, like, on a sailboat, and he's, like, 40 years old, and he's, like, on a sailboat and look, look really with sunglasses and looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. I like he has – at one point he has really long gray hair, yeah, um, like, wavy weird. gray hair, and that one that was, one like – was like, Oh, yeah. I like that one. I was like, you never yeah. see Brad Pitt look like this. this is yeah, hilarious. that's the sailor – yeah, that's the sailor look. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think like the passage of time, they don't they don't necessarily do a great job of like they, well they never really say how old Benjamin is because that's the problem. Yeah, they they can't because you would they have can't. to know how how many years he's gonna live exactly. and how old he ended. And I guess we could probably do the math and figure out like when he well, died. She says he died in two thousand three, right? Two thousand thirteen or no two thousand three? Yeah, yeah. Two thousand three right. at the end of the movie. So if he was born in nineteen eighteen and he dies in two thousand three, that makes him eighty eighty five. Yep. 84, 85. 85. So yeah. yeah. Okay. He lived um, 85 years. There you go. Yeah. All right. Good job. We did that math on. on yeah. Math. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm surprised how few notes I took down on this. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I don't even think I have a one last thing. Um, 
I, yes. I just, oh, I, I do probably, but it might get taken when we yeah. talk about feedback. Um, oh, uh, yes, what? I do have one other thing I want to mm -hmm. talk about, not one last thing. Um, there is a sliding doors moment in this. Yes, movie. they have the sliding doors moment. Um, yes. A lot of people do not like this moment. This moment actually worked for me because, because it's a ticking clock, because it's making a commentary on how quickly, how one thing that you do or don't do in your life Mm -hmm. can change the course of so much else yeah or potentially or like, well, I mean, and, the, and that was an instance yeah. where that was a little different than sliding doors because that was like sliding uh train car doors right, right. like it wasn't one door that it opened or closed it was like a, a combination of like here are 20 things that happen yeah. and if one yeah, of these things a, it was more of a goldberg device it was a rube goldberg yeah yeah yeah, yeah. exactly sliding goldberg um <laughs> So yeah, I, I, I totally Goldberg forgot pond. that was in this. I totally forgot that was in this movie as well. Yeah. And I think again, like thematically, that makes a lot of sense. We're talking about yeah, yeah. like we're talking about time running out, but we're also talking about happenstance, right? Like, if what if Benjamin was not placed on Queenie's doorstep? Yeah. What if when Mahershala Ali's character stepped on Benjamin, he stepped on him harder? And I did cringe. Like, I did cringe yeah. when he steps on him. I was oh, like, oh, so it's, good he's, it's a good thing he's an old man and not a baby. Yeah. Exactly. Um, well. I mean, is that better? I'm, I'm confused. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what do you think better? about what do you think about um about Thomas Mr. Buttons? Buttons buttons. Thomas uh, Buttons. Buttons buttons. Buttons buttons who does buttons. Um oof. yeah, uh I like that he did try to insert himself early on in Benjamin's life, but I feel like he should have told him up front. Mm-hmm. I feel like he should. I mean, I guess this is kind of goes to your bad father yeah, thing, right? That yeah, to bad Benjamin's dad. Yeah, Benjamin's bad a bad dad because he leaves his kid, and Thomas is a bad dad because yeah. he leaves. Like, what? How different yeah. are either? It's really bad dad. Good. By the time he tells him that he's his dad, like the next thing is he's dead. Right. So dead dad. Um, I do love that shot of them sitting on the dock, looking. Yeah, out. Like, there's some really, really like there's yeah. the visuals of this movie. I think it's really pretty. Um, yeah. I mean, besides the like some of the special effects and like kind of better term like creature type stuff. Yeah. Um, some of the some of the Special effects, the DHing stuff doesn't quite work all the time. Um, I mean, you have six different actors credited with portraying Benjamin Button in this film and various mm. ages. And I think there's got to be more that we're playing um, yeah. Daisy. Um, actually, there are only three that mm. Wikipedia at least credits. Maybe there were more, but. Okay. Um, if you look at the cast oh, I do have on, on Letterboxd, there's so many people in the cast. Um, yeah, exactly. It's insane. I do have a one last thing, actually. I okay. forgot. Yeah. We're not there yet, but yes. Yeah, um, we'll get there. That's good. I, I do like that when we get, like, the, you know, teenage version of Benjamin. Yeah. Um, like, the last night that him and Daisy are together. Yeah. Um, Where he's, like, 17. The, yeah. Yeah. They don't, they keep him in the shadows for most of that, yeah. which I think, like, even with modern de-aging technology, very actually, de -aging, very I like that they do that because yeah. I would rather that than you look at like a plastic looking version right. of CGI. Right, Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Right, exactly. Or like what we're probably going to see in Indiana Jones this summer. Right. Um, yeah. Hopefully it's a little I'm, bit better. Makes but, me real nervous for Indiana <laughs> Jones. But. Um, and I do like that that scene where like they both know by the end that this is the last time that they're ever together because right. he's a teenager now he's he's becoming a child right and he's they, like 18 at that point. right and they have to make these difficult decisions just like benjamin has to make the difficult decision to leave his daughter like they have to make the difficult decision like they will be there you know like daisy could be there for him on a an emotional yeah. level but, but there cannot he be a could have been there he could have been there for the last 13 years between the time she was one and the time he showed up at the dance studio 
That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I think he he did it. I think he was attempting to make a sacrifice for her, not to be not to be selfish, but to leave so that she could have a semi-normal life and not be burdened with his. Then he uh, shouldn't have showed up. The dance, then he shouldn't have showed up at the fucking dance studio in the first place. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know that. Like that that part, I like that. I don't, I don't know about the character decision, but I like that scene because I often think of like. Think of right. those random interactions you had, like as a kid, mm. somebody your yeah. parents knew, and yeah. they just seem like totally innocuous, and they have this whole history behind them that you had no idea yeah. existed. Right. Um, That's fair. But I, mean, I do think it's like Caroline should have known the story of her father before her mother. Like it really right. sucks to get that story, to read this book, to read all of these things in the middle of a freaking hurricane, and then your yep. mother dies, and you can't yep. even, and your father's dead, and you can't, and your your stepfather's dead. Like yep. You can't ask anybody any questions because nobody knows anything about this now. Yep, exactly. It kind of sucks for her. Yep. Um, do you want to talk about the narration? I know there's probably, I, I would imagine one of our emailers has some feedback about the narration, so we could hold it for that. But um, I, I have to hold it. Um, I mean, it's, I, I, I think it's fine. Um, I mean, sometimes I don't think it's completely necessary, but I think it still works, you know. It I mean, adds to the fairy tale nature. Brad, Brad Pitt's story. a good narrator. I, li- I like his narrator voice. Well, and did you notice the shift in the narration? Mm. So the narration starts, and it's Benjamin in first person talking about himself. Yep. Then when Caroline is born, the narration shifts from first person to second person, and he's talking to Caroline, and he's saying, when you were born, this, 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 you know, when you were a child, this, this, this. Mm. And then when Caroline grows up, and it, the story shifts to being about Daisy. Like the, the book ends, right? She's mm-hmm. run out of the story. So then it's Daisy telling the story about caring for Benjamin at the end of his life. Mm-hmm. And it's a third person perspective about Benjamin. And mm-hmm. it's Daisy telling the story about Benjamin. And I really like the shift in the perspective. Yeah. Like, we we, we uh we we're fans of the multiple narration, n- multiple narrators between uh, Casino and Goodfellas. And, yeah, and not even I don't even mean I mean that's great yeah. the multiple, but I I love that it's like first person, second person, mm-hmm. third person perspective. I think that like is a really clever way to use narration. Um mm-hmm. it is like ham it is a little hammy obviously where it's like and then I did this and then I did this, yeah. but when you look at this much like Shape of Water as a modern fable, modern fairy tale, mm-hmm. I think that it, it, I think it works. Okay, for that. Yeah. Um. All right. Um. um yeah, I think that's. Yeah, yeah I think that's, that that sums up my uh, overall thoughts on Benjamin Button. Um. Yeah, and we mm-hmm. will uh we'll talk about. It. I, there was uh Donna Duplantier plays mm-hmm. a character who's credited on Letterboxd as Blanche Devereaux. And I was oh like, yeah, Blanche Devereaux. Is that the character from? Um, thinking of Blanche Dubois, but right. Blanche Devereaux is the um, yes. character on from the Golden Girls. Yes. So yes. I thought Blanche Devereaux yes. was from Streetcar Named Desire. No, that's Blanche Dubois. Um, yeah. May come up as a movie map, yes. but Blanche Devereaux, yeah, was from the Golden Girls. And there's another yes. credited uh, character in this movie. Dorothy Baker. When I was like, "Oh man, is Dorothy yeah. Baker also a Golden Girls character?" But I don't think she. It's I think not. it was just Dorothy. The last name is different. Yeah. I don't know why Blanche Devereux. But there is a Dorothy. It is Dorothy, but it's a yes. different last name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's get his feedback. Um, all right. Let's do it. Uh, before we get to feedback, why don't we talk about the box office, though? Yeah. I wasn't sure where office. you wanted to do it this week. Yeah, I don't. Know. I never know when to slot this in. Maybe by the end of the year, I'll figure this out. So. Uh, this movie came out Christmas weekend twenty in uh, two thousand eight. Yep. Um, and uh, it was number seven in the box office in his first week of release. It was uh, in, in like three thousand theaters, so mm. that's pretty much wide. I mean, all, all the rest are three thirty yeah. six hundred. Uh, 
Number one movie of that week, Yes Man. <laughs> that was the Jim Carrey colony? Is that what yes, that was? Jim Where he could only say yes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's like Liar Liar, but um, yeah, basically Liar Liar. Yeah, yeah um, basically Liar Liar. Then the uh, next next movie was Seven Pounds. Do you remember that one? The what is that? Will Smith huh? movie. It's like a hyperlink film with Will Smith with all these seemingly disconnected events. Huh. Um, is that the one where he has a concussion? No, that's concussion. No, that's, he didn't have a concussion. <laughs> concussion. Um, <laughs> uh, Tales of Despero was number three. I have no, I've never no heard No idea what that is. Animated girl, maybe? Maybe. Uh, Day the Earth Stood Still was number four. Uh, wow, that's release. insane. The Keanu Reeves, the Keanu Reeves uh, remake. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Marley and Me, number five. Four ah. Christmases, number six. I remember seeing that in the theater, actually. Mm-hmm. And number seven, Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Number eight, Bedtime Stories. Number nine, Twilight. Ooh. Number 10, Valkyrie. Yeah, there you go. Um, and then the movie went a little bit, uh, it rose up to... Number three. Uh, number the three, yes, yeah. the following week, so New Year's week. Um, I don't know, what do you think about this being a Christmas release? Do you think this is a Christmas release movie? Yeah, I think it's fine. I think it works for Christmas. It's It's something you can take the whole family to. And yeah. then have a raging debate. Kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, and I do feel like, like we didn't talk about the Oscars, but also it, it, this was a big, big nominee big at the Oscar, Oscars, yeah. um, which, you know, obviously Oscars in just a couple of weeks. So mm-hmm. um, it won for best art direction and best makeup. Um, so sense. I guess, I guess the makeup and best visual effects as well. So mm-hmm. I guess uh, back in 2009, people liked the, uh, liked the way this looked. Um but it was also nominated for Best Original Score, a um, mm-hmm. whole bunch of technical awards, uh, Best Cinematography, yeah. Cinematographer may come up uh, in a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, Best Adapted Screenplay, and then yeah. for the uh, Best Director for Fincher, Brad Pitt was nominated, Taraji P. Henson was nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Um, and uh, it was nominated for Best Picture as well. Nice. And Kate, Kate wasn't nominated? Kate, Kate Blanchett was not nominated. I was kind of That's a shock that. because she seems like she gets nominated every time. Yeah, she is sort of like uh, Meryl yeah. Streep in that sense. Yeah. Um, do you remember what won Best Picture at the 2009 Oscars? Marley and Me. I think it was <laughs> Slumdog Millionaire. I yeah, Slumdog like. sounds right. Yeah. Um, sounds right. Unless that was the year after. No, no, because yeah, Slumdog came out in 2008. That sounds right to me. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Slumdog Millionaire. Yep. Um, now this is the this is the Heath Ledger year as well. Um, oh yeah. Where Heath Ledger won. Uh, so uh, Sean Penn won for Milk. Oh yeah. Year. Great. Um, Great performance. Kate, uh, I don't know. That's this actress. Uh, Best Supporting Actress. Uh, Penelope Cruz won. Um, oh, this was the Doubt year too. Doubt was now. Uh, Doubt douche. like sucked up all of the. Um, yeah. Boards. So, all right. Um, well, I think that's now we can move on to feedback. All right. All right. Let's do it. All right. So feedback. Start things off with Megan Librarian, our guest from last week. Mm-hmm. She says, uh, I saw this when it came out and I remember thinking it was hot garbage, but I actually mm-hmm. enjoyed it this time. I still think the CGI is incredibly weird and the ending is absurd, but the love story worked better for me this time around. All that said, it reminds easily Fincher's worst film, 3.5. Uh, yeah, I mean that's the thing. I think that's that's generally the thing is it's it's not like Fincher makes awful films. I mean he made he Alien actually, Three. I mean Alien Three is not that bad when you look back at it. It's really uh, not that bad. Better. This is definitely better than Alien Three. I mean yes, this is better than Alien Three, but Alien Three is still a fun watch. It just is a shitty follow up to Alien Two. Do you think Alien. this movie is better than Mank? No, I think Mank is better. Than I think Mank. I like this better than Mank. But I, I like movies about movies, so... Yeah, I, I mean, I do, too. I just think this is a little 
Um, I, I really love the manga. What about Girl with the Dragon Tattoo? I think this is better than Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. I did not enjoy Girl with the Dragon Tattoo when I saw it. I saw it once, and I remember nothing except, like, a scene in a basement that had, like, some plastic wrap. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. That would be an interesting yeah. one to revisit. Uh, now that I've seen Skarsgård Daniel that, Craig though. is... Yeah, good, yeah and good Daniel Craig. Yeah. And Rooney Mara as well. Yeah. Um, the thing I noticed, too, when I was on Letterboxd today looking at David Fincher movies is mm-hmm. I guess I've never seen what David Fincher looks like because I saw the picture I, of him on his Letterboxd pro- profile, and I was like, that is not at all what I um, pictured. He doesn't look like Sean Fantasy? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't even know what he looks like. He kind of looks like Sean Harris a little bit. Oh, weird. I don't know. Jared yeah, Harris? Or Jared Harris, yeah, yeah. Who's Sean Harris? No, I'm, I'm, I'm saying I'm picturing in my head that he looks like Sean Fantasy. Oh, you're picturing... I feel like I picture him yeah. looking like kind of darker hair, slim, like a like kind of like Tim Burtony, like a young Tim Burtony. Interesting. Burton okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> All That's right. Uh, let's move on to Owen. Oh, Owen you get says, Owen. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Uh, Owen says, very disappointed... Terrible bookends to the film with not much in between. Never felt it dealt with the conflict between the reverse aging physicality and the mentality, knowledge, and taste built up of experience. Brad Pitt was good as the physically younger, hunky model, boys look, but was supremely trite and rubbish when in the older body. The nuances and ability to transform the role was wasted on him. I presume Benji spent all that time in Paris to investigate the causes so that he could come up with his sliding doors theory. Although the old age deathbed acting of the more talented Kate Blanchett was just laughable, just as laughable, the technical people on the film did do a good job. In fairness, one and a half stars from Nolan. Nice. All right. Well, um, yeah. some of, some, I, some fair criticisms but you know yeah um so he was not uh he was not interested in the sliding doors not I at guess. all yeah did not work for him um i, I don't know yeah i think like kate blanchett i i actually agree with him about kate blanchett i think like the like dying in the hospital bed acting, acting yeah not just, to, it was just like yeah it was very not as know, great yeah yeah it was it was kind of didn't do that that good yeah uh, all in line with the oscars though saying the technical people did a good job mm-hmm. um, for sure yeah, and I do think, like, there is a whole other movie you could make about all these different aspects that were not explored in this. This one oh, seems yeah, yeah, very yeah. much to want to be exploring some of these themes of time and um, mm-hmm. and not as much about, like, the actual effects of what this could do. Right. Um, I do like that when he becomes, the younger he becomes, he starts getting dementia. That, like, that yeah. is a way of of having him be a baby and he's still, like, he's, his brain and his body can't kind of, he coalesced together um like you know his baby brain is not able yeah kind of what i was thinking is his baby brain is not able to handle the knowledge that he's acquired over his lifetime so he just starts losing it yeah so um what'd you think of like uh pimple face uh piano uh benjamin it was a little much it was like really i mean i know that he's supposed to be like 12 but Mm -hmm. the 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 poor kid putting mm-hmm. putting that pimple makeup all over his face. The poor yeah. kid. I just think like <laughs> from that moment on, I just thought it was such a. It became such a sweet story of um of love of, of like caring of caring of, for of caring yeah. yeah of like caring yeah. for somebody as they are reaching the end of their life. And I I, I did like the like the the home that Queenie had set up 
stayed a home throughout all those years Mm -hmm. from 1918 to 2003 like people were still living there people were still caring for people there Mm -hmm. there's such a theme of caring for people that nobody else cares for throughout Mm -hmm. this film Mm -hmm. especially because like queenie runs a a boarding house for older individuals who don't have family that can take care of them on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. And I think that that's like a really beautiful thing. And that's why she takes Benjamin in in the first place is because he's abandoned. It's a place like where nobody these, else, nobody else will take him. Exactly. Like these yeah. older people that, you know, that she's also taking care of. And so I like that thematically. I like that a lot. And that's mm-hmm. why she's, you know, she's the best character in the movie. She's mm-hmm. the purest soul in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I also, you know, very early on, one of the things that Benjamin has to deal with as a mentally young person, physically mm. old person, is that these people that he's like when he loses the woman who teaches him about the piano, like he's yeah. he's the people that are in his life are aging at the end of their lives. He's right. at the beginning of his life. So he's seeing all exactly. of his friends die. Um, it sort of reminds me of like if there was this movie about somebody who lived forever and they see the people in their lives die, yeah. um, you know, like. That cur- the curse of immortality is yeah. that you I wrote see down a connection about guy. that. There's a, oh, okay, good. <laughs> there's a connection. So yeah, um, yeah. I did. I I I had seen Olin's rating, and um, yep. he didn't say anything about the narration, but I think he had mentioned that he wasn't a fan okay. of the narration in this movie. Um, but he doesn't have it in his in his feedback. All right, moving on to Alex O, and he says I'd watched this movie a couple times in the years after it came out, and I really enjoyed it. But I feel like more recently on this podcast and off of it, I haven't uh, people haven't spoken that highly about it. So I was fully expecting to put this on while working and just sort of skim through it while not finding it as great as I did a decade ago. But no, I enjoyed Benjamin Button just as much as I did before. Does it have noticeable flaws such as weird aging and de-aging of Brad Pitt? Yes. Is it forced gumpy at times? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Of course. Uh, But it is not like that's a bad thing. Uh, are there even some parts that could have been cut or changed because they're overlong and don't really make sense, such as the traveling scenes or Benjamin somehow knowing about all the things leading up to Daisy's car accident? Mm. For sure. Uh, but Pitt and Blanchett are just so good and frankly hot. And the story is just overall so satisfying for me that I can't help but love it. 4.5 out of 5. Nice. Yes, I love Jared Harris and had totally forgotten that he was in this. I am always happy to see him until the Swinton on screen. Yeah, fantastic. There you go. I just think, like, I agree with him. There are definitely things that could be cut. When I turned this on, you and I both said to each other, like, what the fuck? This movie is two hours and 45 minutes long. <laughs> um, but I, th- it all just, like, built to, like, what this painting was trying to, like, what this painting was trying to be about this theme. And yeah. so, I mean, I don't mind the stuff that was in there. I mean, like, him going out, like, the stuff when he was on the adventures in the boat, like, I, that definitely is what I would cut first because I didn't really care about any of that. And that's not about him and his love with daisy right but it kind of works to just paint this whole tapestry and give this movie this epic feel because of that runtime right i agree um yeah i mean i i was gonna say this from my overall review but like i was never bored watching this movie but it did kind of feel like i was watching a documentary like i was engaged the whole time Mm. but i was never like i was never fully captivated and i was never bored i was just sort of watching this journey through this person's life yeah you know i just wish it was more of a pairing i wish the movie was more like the movie is told from daisy Mm. and i just feel like daisy is only a part of it for like 30 percent swear 
Right. Uh, Jenny, the music teacher, says, I had never seen this movie for two reasons. One, I don't really care for Brad Pitt. How well. dare you? Uh, two, who turned who turns a short story into a three-hour movie? Um, maybe she wants to have a word with Peter Jackson about <laughs> that as well. Uh, no, it wasn't as a, a short story, was it? I mean, The Hobbit was. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, as it turns out, I liked it, especially liked Taraji P. Henson in it. I'm surprised she is so far down on the cast list, considering how much screen time her character had. But uh, alas, it was way too long. And the deathbed love of my life trope is lame. Had the had they just told the story, it would have been shorter Ooh. and better. Three stars. What do you think? If we get rid of everything, we get rid of the bookends, mm-hmm. and we get rid of the bookend bookends, we get rid of the clock story, we get rid of the Katrina story, and we just tell Benjamin's birth to Benjamin's death. I think it's a tighter movie, for sure. Mm-hmm. But then I don't know that I'm, and I'm probably not as enraged by him leaving his child as I am because I'm thinking about it from the child we meet in this movie's perspective mm-hmm. and her reaction to it in the hospital room. So yeah, you that, still need some sort of narrator out, for this. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I do think it's a tighter movie. I think, you know, that's why I'm so fascinated by, like, the choice of setting it with Katrina yeah. and also the, like, kind of tacked on clock story. Mm. Um, ooh, I just thought of a, another connection. <laughs> All right. Stop the clock. Yeah. All right. Uh, Stefan, uh, I get why some people don't like this movie, but they are wrong. This movie is great. A lot of movies about a whole life fail to cram it all into one movie in a satisfying manner. This movie gets it right. Fincher does the chapters pacing so well here. Uh, every chapter and every character is on screen just as long as they need to be. Well, I don't know if I agree on that last part, but uh, yeah. the chapters pacing is actually why I said I don't think that this movie would be bad with commercials because it is I, so episodic that if there were commercials breaking it up, I don't think that would be the worst thing. Interesting. Uh, uh, Stefan continues. Uh, it was Benjamin Button that made Fincher my favorite director. The guy who did Seven and Fight Club made this. Brad Pitt is great at the weird energy of Tyler Durden, but Tyler Durden, but he is equally as good at playing soft and slow. The entire cast is fantastic. All the small parts from the clockmaker to the nurse in the present do their jobs very well. Blanchett is perfect as well uh, and has her own great arc, even as a second, even as the second character. The genius of the film is that it is about life and death. Very simple. So when the mm-hmm. character is a- when the character ages backwards, both life and death have a new viewpoint. My only complaint is the modern set diary reading. While it works for me, still feels a little unnecessary. Five out of five for Stefan. Wow. That is high praise for Stefan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think, like, it is, you know, this movie, like, the the start and finish. I do love how this movie does come full circle for both characters. And they meet in the middle, mm-hmm. and then they meet at the end. Um, yep. And... Yeah, it's, I, I think it's, like a, it's a... I mean, yeah, exactly. They're at the beginning. They're both at, like, a certain... Like... The end is the beginning, right? Like, there's that whole thing that is that riddle, right? That's like, right. what, what is it? Like, what walks on four, stands on two, walks on three. It was like something like about like the legs, and it's the answer is a human because mm-hmm. it's that you crawl, then you walk, then you have a cane. Um, right. So it, it reminds me of that riddle. So, all right, uh, one or two more feedbacks. Uh, John Chi writes in and says, written off as a more explicitly fantasy-tinged Forrest Gump shortly after its release, 
The curious case of Benjamin Button is far more effective than its reputation for the way it weaves its fantastical elements around a universal story of doomed love. As the film and its characters move through time and space, its screenplay introduces the idea that fate is instrumental to our development as individuals, only to also present it as our ultimate curse. Mm. Benjamin and Daisy are finally able to find each other at the right time, but looming over them is a cruel end that's far more heartbreaking than it probably should be for a film like this and one that comes earlier than perhaps it might otherwise if it wasn't so unusual and devastating. It's hard to place the movie in the David Fincher canon Mm -hmm. because it's so earnest, but some elements are familiar enough tonally, especially in the way it keeps happiness at an arm's length from its protagonist. The interplay between these two qualities does elevate the movie in my mind, and I probably would only rate Zodiac and The Social Network above it five out of five stars from the great John Gilpatrick. Nice. Yeah, I saw John G. had a five-star rating on Letterboxd, and so I reached out to him specifically Mm -hmm. and said, I feel like not a lot of people have this movie as a five-star, which I am surprisingly wrong on. I was Mm -hmm. like, you should write in and tell us why. Um, And I love that he brings up fate as a theme, because that's something that we didn't talk about. And I think that ties so much of this together, right? That, like... Mm -hmm. That ties together the sliding doors moment because that's all about fate. It ties together the happenstance that, you know, that happens in this movie where, you know, Benjamin is fated to end up at Queenie's doorstep or Benjamin Mm -hmm. is born like this. Like the fate that Benjamin happens to be the one born like this and not somebody 100 years later or in a different country or something like that. Mm -hmm. This person is born like this. And the idea of fate kind of like this biblical storm coming down on New Orleans in the bookend of this movie, like that ties to fate. Like that just happens Mm -hmm. to be like. You, that's an act of God. You cannot control. I mean, unless you want to read this as climate change thing, you cannot yeah. control that storm coming. Yeah. So I think like <laughs> that theme of fate is something I had not thought a ton about. I do think that ties all these themes together so nicely. Nice. Well, why don't I give my overall rating? Actually, that's going to be a 3.75 from the listeners, by the way. Nice. Um, uh, a little higher than I was expecting. Not too bad. Not yeah. too bad at all. And I'll I know we it. do have one more maybe score coming. Uh, uh, yeah, Jim Jim hasn't written in yet with his, so uh, we'll factor that in after. This blame week. that damn long runtime that we I know, right? Email in yet. <laughs> right. All right, um, go for it. I am, I am, you know, I talked about my problems with this movie. I talked about the things I really like with this movie. An incredibly strong cast. Um, you know, the ending doesn't completely work for me, The, or at least the emotional ending and the choices of the character at the end of his life. Um, don't make a ton of sense to me, but that's me personally. Mm-hmm. It may work for some people. Um, I don't think this is a perfect movie. I think it's got a lot of issues, but I do think that it's a it's a very fantastic journey. Um, I don't think it deserves lower than three and a half. I don't know that I'm ready to bump it up to a four. Um, so I'm going to land it. I think I'm right where the listener average is. That it's somewhere around a three and a half, three three point seven five for me. Um, I'm gonna put it at a three and a half though, yeah, for right. me. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you had a decent amount of quabbles with it, and um, yeah, I think that I think that makes sense. Uh, for me, I am I'm kind of like you, where I'm in between two ratings, and it's between a four and a four and a half, and I think I'm gonna lean four and a half just because of how much this movie gave me to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. and gave you and I to talk about. Like, I think there's a lot to discuss. Yeah. yeah. And I definitely think, like, this is a, 
there is some serious flaws with this movie, but I also think like the ambition that it's going for, I just think is is I, I love the themes that it's playing with. I love the ideas, and it's just um, you know, I don't know if this is one I would necessarily watch anytime soon, uh, yep. mostly because it's so long. But I'm shocked how much I really liked it on this rewatch, sure. and I just think like. There's just some really interesting ideas under under the surface of this movie that I like. Nice. Well, guess what, Zach? Uh, with that, that? 4.5, and because the listeners also gave it a higher score than I did, the overall average of 3.916, which mm. will be a 4 for Letterboxd purposes. Unless Jim sends it a one-and-a-half-star review. Yeah, exactly. If Jim <laughs> sends it a 1 and says, I can't believe that I, I wasted two, two hours and 45 minutes on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. All right, here are the movie. All right. Uh, I'm going to give it to Queenie. I'm going to give it to Taraji P. Henson. Um, yes. Without her character immediately having that motherly instinct and taking care of Benjamin from the moment that she finds him on the doorstep, we don't have a movie. And mm. she's fantastic throughout. She, you know, she absolutely loves Benjamin unconditionally through his entire ages. Um I do think it kind of stinks that both she and Mahershala Ali's character die off screen and we don't get any kind we of at least get her. We at least get them. her funeral. But um, we do get her funeral, which is great. But they, they both die off screen and we don't really get any resolution with the two of them. But I don't I do think that that's a commentary in and of itself to the life of Benjamin Button that these these two pivotal people in his life, the you know Queenie and um, Marjorie Ali's character both die while he's away pursuing other adventures. Mm-hmm. First, it's while he's off for World War II, and then Queenie dies while he's off courting Daisy for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I think that says something about how, like, your your life, like, other people's lives don't stop moving just because of your not being there. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, like you're um, not going to be there for everything. Yeah, I feel like um, Mershali's character—I can't even tell you the name of his character. I um, yeah, I don't have it written down. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, it, uh, Tizzy Weathers. I had no idea Tizzy, his name was yeah. Tizzy Weathers. Yeah. Um, I just feel like he's he's pretty underserved in this, and you know, if they made this movie now with Mershali, he'd probably have a bigger role because he gets one star. really good Shakespeare monologue. Mm-hmm. But he's teaching Benjamin. Like, what do you think yeah. about the montage at the end, where it's all the different people and there? It's almost like the titles, like a title sequence, where it's like these each character from this movie, and mm. they show them, and they're like their special place in the world. Like mm. you know, like um, you know, they show him, and they say, "You're a Shakespearean actor, and yeah, that you're a swimmer, right. you're a soldier." Like I thought that was like that again, worked. that could feel really cheesy. Yeah, but I do think it's like these were all the characters in this man's life. Um, mm. Yeah. Uh. Who's my hero of the movie? I really want to give it to Kate Blanchett because I think she's like outside of the outside of the bookend performance. I think she's pretty good, but I do think like the bookend performance takes it down. And also like my biggest problem with this movie is that Daisy isn't in the movie enough. Like that's not the Daisy and Benjamin story. So I think yeah. I'm going to give it to Brad Pitt just because like Ooh. he carries the whole, I mean, he our title character carries the movie the whole way. Nice. Um, and you know, or really, I guess my hero of the movie is Benjamin Button, not Brad Pitt. Although, Brennan, I'm sure you don't think he's the hero. Maybe, well, okay. I mean, scratch that. Going back, my hero of the movie is Daisy. Um, no, <laughs> I don't know. I can't. I, 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 like, I want to give it to Daisy, but I'm like, well, what the hell, Daisy? Why did you tell your daughter right before you die the story of her father? Like, you had all these years you could have told her, and you wasted your. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I don't know what to do. I don't. Yeah, I, I, give it to David Fincher. 
<laughs> the Finch Man. You love yeah, the Finch Man. Yeah, yeah there you go. Uh, um, that was tough. Uh, it, it was tough. It was tough. So tough. I just think like maybe that's like goes to the flaw of this movie though. Like everybody is flawed. People are flawed. I guess that's. I agree. That's People are flawed. People are flawed. All right. Um, connections time. So uh, I'll just go through the other times when this movie has come up. So Jim, the aforementioned Jim Crumley, suggested it off of Private Benjamin. Uh, for a movie with Benjamin in the title and partially set in the Deep South and somebody's a misfit. Mm-hmm. Then uh, Stefan suggested it off of Hidden Figures because Taraji yep. P. Henson and Mahershala Ali. Yep. There you go. And a couple weeks later, Stefan suggested it off of Moneyball because of Brad Pitt. So yep. Stefan, this is one he's been asking for for a while. Um, and then a couple weeks after that, you suggested it off of Old. Yeah, of in course. The map. Yep. Yep. And a few weeks after that, uh, Alex O suggested it off of The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Of course, there was that uh, parody yep. in The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Um, and then it yep. came up last week off of On Golden Pond. Was it my suggestion off On Golden Pond? It I was. Yep. Yeah. Agent Gracefully. All right. Uh, what other t- what other connections to On Golden Pond do you have from this movie? Uh, yeah. I mean, we, we hit on most of them, just the whole aging thing and how, you know, how frustrating it is to have to have other people take care of you as you're getting older mm-hmm. for for an older person especially when you're not all your faculties are there yeah and then you know you're reliant on other people um and how we take for granted relationships and then rebuild them mm-hmm. um, i mean we have, you know, we have and, a whole story about a father who mistreats his daughter essentially yeah, basically yeah. yeah um uh you've got all the stuff about the boat so both yeah, movies have true. a boat that's about stuff accidents. stuff yeah yep um yeah and then just that scene of like uh benjamin and thomas sitting on the dock as thomas is dying but like that did feel like they could just be sitting on golden pond right there for sure um all right what about connections to other movies from this year so obviously secret life walter mitty we'll just get that one out of the way that was the they have the parody in that but Mm -hmm. i do think secret life walter mitty actually is like a really good thematical connection it's a really good thematic connection because both that and into the wild and wild are all about people going on on a journey of self-discovery mm-hmm. and figuring out their place in the world. And that's what Benjamin Button is trying to do with his journey on the boat and all of that. So, I mean, yeah, it's the same concept, general theme. You know um, I mean? The other thing I will point to a Secret Life of Walter Mitty is the title structure is yep. very similar. The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Like, I yep. think that's that there might be go. intentional, that, that reference there. It could be. Um, all right. Uh, connections to other movies. Um, so this is the one I thought of as we were talking. But the clock is like a clock tower in the train station. So that reminded me of Once Upon a Time in the West. Oh, yeah. Good point. And uh, Claudio Miranda, the mm-hmm. Oscar winning cinematographer or Oscar nominated cinematographer for this mm-hmm. movie. Um, you know what other movie Claudio Miranda recently did that we covered? Uh, Top Gun Maverick. Top Gun Maverick. Same cinematographer nice. as Top Gun Maverick. Yes. Did you guess awesome. that or did you know that? I guessed. Because okay. you said recent movie and none of the rest of them were oh, recent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so get that giveaway, bro. Recent movie we did, The Treasure of Sierra Madre. Uh, yeah. Um, all right. Any other connections to other movies from this year? Uh, not right off the top of my head, no. Because um, I don't think we have any acting connections. We don't really have any. Not that I saw. All right. Well, this is the fun one. Now we get to go to Movie Map. Um, I think there's like 10 movies I could pick for this. But what is your yeah, one pick I, for Movie Map, Brendan? Uh, just one? Just one. Just one. That's not fair. <laughs> I'll go. For, I can go first. Shit. If you want. Uh, I'm gonna give it to about time. About, about time. About, okay. I think this is an entire movie about 
about time and about the relationships time. the relationships we forge over the course of our life and the events we choose to not choose to have and choose not to have throughout the course of that life. Yeah, okay. I think it's about time. Yeah. It's it about time hard. to talk more about about time. It is very hard to pick one. I'm going to go the following week. I'm going to go the notebook. Uh, nice. We have the bookend yeah, story yeah. told from a medical facility about aging. Um, but what else would you have nominated? Um, I also would have mentioned E.T. just because he's, oh. you know, a shriveled up being that is adopted <laughs> at the beginning of the film. I think, that's, I think that's an offensive thing to describe him as. But yeah, he's <laughs> a little alien baby, sure. <laughs> well, alien baby. Yeah. Like um, pivotal hospital scenes at the climax of both. Um, yeah. Streetcar Named Desire I had as well. Yeah. Um, or the New Orleans the, of it all. New Orleans setting. I think Brooklyn, just the time yeah. period kind of reminds me of Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, yeah, some other ones. We had two movies about aging that we did back to back last year. Yep. I'm thinking old. of Ending Things and Old. Yep. Um, definitely Beach could be a connection. Old. Both of, yeah. Yep. And then Moneyball, of course. Moneyball. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, this this one was like, as I was watching this, it was just like, oh, and then Hidden Figures. I was like, yep. Movie Map, Movie Map, Movie Map. I, I also think like The Aviator, too. It's like, ever, an yeah, epic biopic story about somebody's life right yeah i mean it starts when he's a teenager and goes all the way until he's you know mm-hmm. yeah. and kate blanchett was in the aviator, and kate blanchett was was, in the aviator. Yeah. Yeah. so there you go um, so yeah this so. this one hit on a lot of the themes that we've touched on in other movies we did it all right did we get jim's feedback in we get jim's score yet no we did not so it's all gonna right. have to be factored in later so let's uh, um title connection are we doing know. aging gracefully was that the title connection we want to run with it's up to you man we, right. we threw out a few i don't want you to Let's do aging gracefully. I like that. And that can be like a, you know, it's nice and nice and easy. All right. Um, very good. So that's a uh, listener average, or a, sorry, an average average of a four for um, Curious Case of Benjamin Button. One last thing. Brenna, you said you had, had one, didn't uh, have one, have one again? I do have one, yeah. So uh, if you, I was looking down the cast list and I remembered that um, – they, so Caroline Button at age two is actually played by Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie's child, Shiloh. Mm. Uh, so she plays the young Joy Armand character at age, at age two. So, yep. Just a nice. just a matter of uh, a literal Nepo baby in this Yeah, Nepo baby. Yeah, good good one for <laughs> Nepo baby. Um, we also had, speaking of, uh, of Nepo baby, we have Elle Fanning shows yep. up as uh, one of the younger versions of Daisy. Um, and I also want to shout out Elias Cotaz, Cotillas. Oh, Elias um, Cotillas, yeah. Yes, oh, thank you. Elias he's Cotillas. a big that guy. He's been yes. things. Yeah. He's, um, I think he is the guy who plays Casey Jones in the yes. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies. Um, he is not Christopher Molini, who I always think he's Christopher Molini from Oz and yeah. Law and Order. Maloney, yeah, yeah. Maloney, yes. I'm, I'm mispronouncing everybody's name. Um, so he plays, uh, he plays the clockmaker at the beginning of yes. this movie. And speaking of Clockmaker, what I really liked is so the last shot we see or one of the last shots we see is them taking down the old backwards running clock. Yeah, I do the digital. And, and putting it with digital. So I feel like that's like the passage of time, like the changeover from analog to digital. Yeah. But I also noticed in that in that train station, there's an advertisement for joining the army. And it was like a new like digital display advertisement yeah. for joining the army. And again, it's like it ties back to Benjamin being in World War II and the World War One. Which yeah, is what inspired the clock in that, like all of these things change, but we're still we're still recruiting troops and going to war. So I think like yep. these things change, but like they just change a little bit and they stay the same. Yeah. Um, would you want to see like a sequel or a? Do you think like this could work as a series? No, to both. I don't think you. I don't think it 
work. I mean, it could work as a TV series, but I don't think you need a sequel or a maybe not a sequel because I don't think a sequel would really. But like another, like another another story in this vein, right? Yes, I think you could definitely make a whole TV show out of this movie for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think it'd be interesting to explore the concept of somebody who ages backwards in a different time period than Mm -hmm. this, or a different setting, or you know something. So it's some real Twilight Zone stuff. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that I love those like high concept Twilight Zone movies. You know, that's why I really like old. That's why um, what was the one I just watched recently that was um, I don't know. There's something I just watched recently where like you can describe the movie in like one sentence. Yeah. Um, oh, Enemy. That was the one. Enemy is, uh, okay. is like a Twilight Zone esque where just like it doesn't always hit, but it's it's a fun concept to explore. Yeah, sure. Well, speaking of fun concepts to explore, should we figure out what we're gonna be watching next week? Absolutely. All right. Next week is going to be episode 166. And uh, once we do pick our movie for next week, send in your feedback at Ladder Movie on Twitter and Instagram, themovieladder at gmail.com. Send the score mm-hmm. and your suggestions for next movies off of this. Um, we're starting to get towards March Madness time, Brendan. So uh, the schedule is going to get a little bracketed little up. Crunched. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And we start things off with Megan the Librarian. And she says, The Great Gatsby. A uh, story by Fitzgerald, a female lead named mm-hmm. Daisy, and I feel like these two movies are visually similar. Must be all the CGI. Yeah. Uh, Baz Luhrmann on the, Baz. on the mind this week. Baz on the mind, man. Yeah. Uh, Great Gatsby is one that I have been thinking a little bit about recently. Mm-hmm. And also thinking that I need to read the book before I watch it. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Next one. Hugo. I did think of this one, too. Yep. A clock in a train station plays a major role in the film that involves old people and children. Yep. Nice. There you go. I was thinking about Hugo. The English Patient. A patient narrates the story of his great love with help from a book where he keeps souvenirs from the past. Nice. Uh, Oscar season, too. I think Hugo yep. was also nominated for uh, Best Picture. Yes, it was nominated for Best Picture. But English Patient won. So That is correct. All right. From all in, A Picture of Not Dorian Gray. No. A uh, Picture of Dorian Gray. Adapted work of a major acclaimed literary figure about a man who has to deal with a unique aging issue of remaining young. All right. Next one, Forrest Gump. This was on my list. Mm. A man who is different than others narrates his personal life story and the films aim to give new perspective of living to the audience. Yep. And notice there's a lot of similarities between. Yeah, Definitely. Gump this, this it felt movie. very Gumpy. Yep. Yeah, it was very uh, Also, I'm Forrest Gump won Best Picture, I believe. It did. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. Over. Oh, right. Over Pulp Fiction. That's what yep. everybody gets mad about. All right, and his last one, uh, Notes on a Scandal, wonderful Kate Blanchett movie about aging, interge- intergenerational relationships, and driven obsessions. Yep. Yeah, I guess we didn't talk about the the Daisy obsession, uh, like the dancing, like her oh, obsession yeah. with being a it's... great dancer. Yeah. I do think, like, the idea of obsessions is um, in a lot of Fincher movies. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of obsess- obsessed sure. characters in Zodiac and in Seven, yep. um, Social Network. So. Yeah. All right. Um, next, we got Alex. Uh, as my favorite Fincher film, I have to suggest it, The Game. Love The Game. Another one. for, an, uh, And that also has Sean Penn in it. And Sean yep. Penn won Best Actor of a Brad Pitt in the Oscars. Uh, for another Kate Blanchett and Brad Pitt movie, Babel. Yep. Hyperlink film. And another movie with Kate Blanchett that has to do with water in the ocean, The Life Aquatic of Steve Zissou. Yep. There you go. I like The Life Aquatic. Like a... Uh, what would we call it? Like a boat adventure, aquatic adventure or something? Yep. Do you so, like the life aquatic? The Curious Life of Steve Zazu. Sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jenny, from here it would be great to go to a different kind of Cape Blanchett movie like Bandits, which is streaming for free in a lot of places. There you go. 
Or you could dive into Mahershala Ali, also good in this movie, in Moodlight. It's on Showtime and a couple other places, which is there a great coming-of-age story. Also, obviously, Oscars, as we head into Oscars. Yep. All right, and Jim has his latter rung Forrest Gump. Like Benjamin Button, Forrest Gump is an outsider but lives a life full of travel and adventure. Mo- both movies start in the South with protagonists traveling off into a variety of episodes, including war. Some further similarities of the movies probably come from the fact that they're both adapted from the uh, to the screen from existing written works by Eric Roth. Yeah. Um, oh, that's I didn't realize Eric Roth wrote both. Uh, the movies also share 17 crew members. Yep. So, wow, lots of uh, lots of similarities. Yeah, I did not realize it was the same screenwriter. All right, and Stefan has Fight Club, uh, David Fincher, Brad Pitt, Big Life, Magical Life. Big Fish, Big Fish. Big Fish, sorry, Big, yes. I don't think there's a movie called Big Life yet. Maybe we should make that one. There's Big Eyes. Oh, yeah. And then Slumdog Millionaire, The the Crazy Life of a Boy. I don't know if Stefan realized also the Oscar win. Yeah, the Oscar win. Yep. It's a good connection. It's a good connection. All right. Uh, You get to go first this week, Zach. Cool. All right. Well, I lost one off of my list, and that was Forrest Gump. Um, So the first one I will do is a more recent movie about Kate Blanchett, obsessed artist, Oscar-nominated, but it's Tar. Oh, I thought you were going to pick Nightmare Alley. Okay. Oh, no. no. Tar. Tar. Um, Tar's a good choice. Tar's a very good choice. I, I want to rewatch Tar anyway, so I was thinking this might be good. Who is Ava Tar? Yeah. Um, all right. And then we will go no, with Brad right. Pitt in a 2022 movie mm. that uh, takes place in the early part of the century. This is a movie that I have not yet seen. It is another epic. That is Babylon. Loved Babylon. Babylon was on my list. Good job. Yeah. I, I Since I haven't seen it, I don't know. If also, that Brad Pitt is dealing with getting older in that movie. Oh, yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. And I mean, it takes place, what, in like the 1920s to... It starts there, yeah. yeah. So it's, so, a, it's a good connection. Yeah, I like uh, all right. Well, let's stick with uh, people from this movie and more recent films. Uh, this one about aging and getting older. Now, the only problem is this one is only on Apple TV+. Plus. Um, but this is Mahershala Ali in a movie called Swan Song. Yeah. And it's about, it's about like this. a science fiction movie about yeah. a, a man who has a terminal illness. Heard about Swan um, Song, yeah. It sounds kind of like Black Mirror. So if we're going yeah. with like high concept, Twilight Zone-esque. Um, yep. Next one, um, do, 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 I will go with the Tree of Life, uh, Brad Damn Pitt it. movie about life. Yeah, yep. so um, seemed like an, an epic, story, I, an epic life story yeah. starring Brad Pitt. Also, Sean Penn's in that. We got that yep. Oscar connection as well. Um, I know you and I both watched it recently, but I think there's so much to chew on that. I think but, there is for the Tree of Life for sure. Um, another one more, um, and that is another 2008. Movie. Actually, it might be 2009, but from around this time period, 2008, 2009, uh, that is Burn After Reading. We've oh, got Brad Pitt. Just a very fun Brad Pitt movie. Yeah, it's a fun one. Okay. Um, you, I thought you were about to say another one that was on my list. Oh, man. Yeah. No, I uh, I, that, I will do that one. I actually, for as many connections as I had and movie yeah. map connections, I actually really struggled with, like, next films to next do film off to of this. That you really, really wanted to watch. Yeah. Well, just that, like, That's I thought fair. was, like, a, that fit, even though there's so many themes yeah. that tie. Um, okay. Fair enough. So, yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with the one that, the very first one that came to mind, I thought it was obvious, uh, Boyhood. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah. Also, a film set against the backdrop of Hurricane Katrina, um, the uh, Hunt for the Wilder People. I'm sorry, not Hunt for the Wilder People. Beasts of the Southern Wild. I always mix those two titles. They up. do have. Maybe you're giving Beast, away what you're gonna what you're yeah. gonna have on your uh, next. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Beasts of the Southern Wild um, yeah. is really fantastic. 
Um, what else? Uh, the other one I thought of while we were talking, um, all about a young man struggling with the time that he has on this earth and creative pursuits and what he's going to do with the time that's given to him. It's a movie musical. It is Tick, Tick, Boom. It's all ah. about the, the, the striking of a clock. Mm. Um, let's oh, see. nice. I like that. What else? Um, let me go with Titanic. I think this movie shares a lot with the interesting narrative structure of Titanic. It's very oh. similar to the narrative structure of this, especially yeah. with the bookends and, you know, all period. of that, the love story and the time period. Um, so Titanic, uh, and then you know I, we have we have reserved guests for Titanic. If we pick that. I know we two do. reserved we guests do. for Titanic. Well, if, assuming yeah. they're both available. And then I am going to go with a Tilda Swinton movie that is all about the curse of aging or not aging, and that is Only Lovers Left Alive. Uh it's a good one too. They're vampires; yeah. they don't yep. age. All right, uh, uh, I just have a couple. Um, uh, honorable mentions. So yeah, bullet, honorable I have Bullet Train yeah. for a recent movie with Brad Pitt that I want to see. I just I think Brad Pitt is the only connection there. At least Burn After Reading is the same year. Uh, Tilda Swinton, uh, a fable about uh, living a very long or you know a different type of life. Three thousand years of, long, of longing. Yeah. And then also Pinocchio. Um, so yeah, Tilda Swinton is one of the voice yeah. actors in the Pinocchio from last year. The you know Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. Um, and I also feel like the like clockmaker intro bookend is like very much like japan very Geppetto, yeah um all right uh captain america i thought about for the whole backdrop of war and love and he wakes up you know 100 years later or whatever um and then dr Zhivago, i also thought about yes um, we, we both talked, about, talked about that we just yeah. both watched it last week we just watched it um absolutely a great connection though if people want to uh you know, fake ladder from that. Uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, I thought I about. have a multiversal ladder. Yeah, multiverse ladder. Uh, what else? Uh, Allies. Um, let's see. Nightmare <laughs> Alley, we, talk, we, we mentioned. Uh, mm-hmm. Fellowship of the Ring for special effects of someone getting old really quickly. Oh, with Bilbo yeah. and uh-huh. yeah, yeah. the ring and everything. Is um, Kate Blanchett in the... Kate Blanchett is in Fellowship, too. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Cinema Paradiso. Um, let's see, what else do I? Have? I saw Meet that Joe. that was that was listed on Letterboxd as a like similar movie. I just I don't know enough about it. I think that one is like more like Fablemans. Though. Yeah, the other one I can mention without I think um, spoiling anything about it for although I, I, people have probably seen it, The Green Mile, because <laughs> the gift that ta- that the Michael Clark Duncan character gives uh, to Tom Hanks's character is extended life. And um, yeah, I just thought so, of one I want to put on my list. Yeah. Uh, can so I add a, one to my list, Brendan? Sure. You can. All right. Yeah, add Death and I will add one more too then. Yeah. Death cool. becomes her on my list in terms of uh, the gift of, of uh, reverse aging. You're bringing Death becomes her back, huh? Yeah, we haven't had a but Death becomes her in a while. We so. haven't in a while. Okay. So um, what do you want to add as your bonus? Yeah. Uh, add, actually, I forgot to mention this in my honorable mentions. Add big as my bonus. All right. Because... Yeah. yeah, I want to be big. And then there's the whole ending when she meets the teenage him and he's in this giant overcoat. Yeah, yeah. big suit. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Big. Oh, so cool. big is my bonus. Big bonus. That becomes big. All right, cool. Yep. Big bonus. All, All right, right Brendan, read what we got and let's pick a movie. All right. Uh, we start with The Great Gatsby, Hugo, The English Patient, A Picture of Dorian Gray, Forrest Gump, Notes on a Scandal, The Game, Babel. The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou, 
Bandits, Moonlight, Forrest Gump again, Fight Club, Big Fish, Slumdog Millionaire, Tar, Babylon, Swan Song, Tree of Life, Bird After Reading, Death Becomes Her, Boyhood, Beasts of the Southern Wild, Tick Tick Boom, Titanic, Only Lovers Left Alive, and Big. There are a lot of fun things in there and Oscar nominees in there. Yeah, I I noticed how many Oscar nominees we have. All right, you get to go first. All right. um, From your list, I am going to pick Babylon. Oh, not Tar. Wow, all right. I thought that was a shoe-in. All right, uh, I guess I'll go from your list, and I will do Titanic. Nice. (laughs) What about Titanic 2? Titanic Rising. Get Megan the Librarian's monthly appearance on a Movie Ladder podcast out of the way very early. Already? Yeah. Yeah. And who is our other guest? Chester? Uh, Chester. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, From the listener list, I think I have to pick Forrest Gump. Uh That was what I was going to pick. Yeah, it's Forrest Gump. Yeah. I feel like... uh, I feel like cinephiles would be so mad. It's like, oh, the yeah. Oscar winners that you picked from the 90s are Forrest Gump and Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's Michael see from Bolton's other people's lists. Uh, oh, let's just keep going with uh, controversial 1990s Oscar winners, and let's go with the English Patient. Oh, no. I don't want to. <laughs> uh, what a and final four. immediately struck from the list. <laughs> Babylon, Titanic, Forrest Gump, and the English Patient. Is Although the English a... Patient does have Naveen Andrews in it, and I've never seen the English Patient. Yeah, it's probably like both one of our most recent Best Picture winners that we've never seen, I would yeah. imagine, for both of yeah, us. for sure. Yeah. All right, now i got to start looking up these movies. All uh, right, uh, Babylon, I believe, is only rentable at this point, and it may even it's on like. A... I think it's on Paramount Plus. It may still be a premium rental. Um, I think it's I on Paramount Plus. Is it on Paramount already? I'm not sure. I think it's on Paramount Plus. Uh, okay. It is. It's on Paramount Plus. So you can oh, keep awesome. that Paramount Plus subscription yeah. active for Paramount another, Plus. For another uh, Titanic is probably, I like when we do this. I think it's probably on HBO. Titanic? Uh, nope. It nope? is uh, rentable. But uh, you get your money's worth. It's a long movie. You do get your money's worth for Titanic. Forrest Gump, uh, definitely Netflix. I was going to say Peacock. Uh, Netflix. Oh, Very good. Netflix. Yeah. Yep. And The English Patient is HBO Max. This is like a good version of the... Uh, I like of this. The, uh, what's it called? I like the this game. The Fox Office game. Uh, English Patient is not streaming anywhere. It's just... Oh. Yeah. Oh, no. It's not, sorry. It's on Showtime. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because they haven't so, made that switch yet. Yeah. So I guess maybe Paramount Plus. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But they, um, if you're willing to upgrade your Paramount Plus to include Showtime. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I like all four of these movies. You know, three out of the four movies that I've seen, I like all of these. So I mean, I I'm down with them. Babylon because I, it's the only one I haven't seen. Well, I guess I haven't seen the English. I mean, you haven't seen but, the English Patient, but yeah. I don't really want to watch the English Patient to be honest with you. I mean, it takes place in the 1930s. And I think um, that want to be a lot of fun, man. Um, all right, we'll take English Patient out. Um, okay. All long movies, all movies that. Yeah, long. they're all very long movies. That's yeah. the other thing. Um, I mean, it is Oscar week. Then it makes a lot of sense. Um, the question is, do we do go with a big, big picture, best picture winner because it's Oscar week between Titanic and Forrest Gump, or do we do do the one that wasn't nominated because we're not conformists? Yeah. I mean, I feel like I don't know. Do, do uh, Titanic not being easily. Well, I guess it's on Showtime, so people can get it. Um, I don't know. I could really go with any of the three of these. It's been a long time since I've seen Titanic or Forrest Gump. I mean, and I've never I, seen Babylon. 
I feel like I watched Titanic pretty recently. I mean, within the last couple of years. Titanic uh, will come up at some point. Oh, it'll come up again better at some point. Um, I think it's between Forrest Gump and Babylon. Both both stories that span ages. Um, both fantastical in their own way. Both interweave real events with fake events. I think Forrest Gump is a little bit better of a connection. Like, I think there's a re- Forrest Gump is a really good connection. As much as it I want really to do Babylon. Is. It's a narrative connection. Yeah, I mean, Babylon, it's Brad Pitt, and it's, uh, you know, time period. Is yeah. I mean, you've seen Babylon, and yeah. I haven't, so you could tell me. I, if- I Quite honestly, I came into this thinking we were probably going to be doing Forrest Gump because it's Oscar oh, week. Uh-huh. So I'm I'm fine with it, and we finally get a T. Hanks on the board, and... Well, we've had a, we've had a couple of T. Hanks's. I right? mean, I know no, we had Catch Me If You Can. I mean, that's uh, true. But we get T. Hanks back on the board for this year. Yeah. I I mean, honestly, it it feels like a movie that we should do. It does. It feels like a movie that we should do. Really and then does. you could suggest Big again next week. And it is Oscar week. I I think we should do Forrest Gump. All right, Forrest Gump would be fun. Let's, um, do, let's do Forrest Gump. I, we yeah. watched a bad Tom Hanks movie uh, earlier this week. Why don't we watch a yeah, good Tom Hanks movie? Yeah, or, let's watch you know, a good Tom Hanks movie and wash that bad accent out of your mouth. Um, yeah, <laughs> well, I, I mean, I think he's going to have a bad accent. I mean, he's got a bad accent for his cup, too. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like life is like a box of chocolates is sort of like the message of Curious Case of Benny. Yeah, Moore. I think that's fair, too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder if we're going to be like, wow, Eric Roth, like, get a new gimmick because you just write the same movie <laughs> over again. Write the same shit over and again. Uh, oh, yeah, man. and I feel like Robin Wright and Kate Blanchett, like, there's some, like, you know, or, like, like very similar. Like, yeah. Okay. Um, so well, I like it's it. in the news right now because of the SAG Awards. What's that? Sally so, so Field was in the news because of the SAG Awards. Oh, yeah. She gets sure. some like, lifetime yeah. achievement. Yeah. Um, not for 80 for Brady. No, I don't, I don't think she was nominated for that, but maybe. Uh, so, all right. Well, we're doing right, Force Gump do next week. I'm here for it. Uh, another, another Hopefully. person going on kind of some journeys in life. Life's a box of chocolates. Maybe that'll just be the theme of the year. Life is like a box of chocolates. I mean, he, I mean, most people have seen Forrest Gump, right? I mean, Forrest makes the exact up. Never mind. I'll save it for connections. <laughs> I mean, yeah. No, I mean, he makes, the, he makes the exact opposite decision at the end of the movie. Then, then Brad Pitt's character does it this. <laughs> and you could say that he, at that point, is mentally, uh, He's like, yeah, it's like, okay, yep. No, yeah, all right, right, we're there, we're there, yep, we're there. We already did the podcast. All Let's right, next up, we're doing Force <laughs> Gump. It is streaming on American Netflix. Do not know where it is in Canada or Ireland, yep. um, but you can watch it there. Also, we have a shrimp, but anyway. We do, yes, uh, we have shrimp coming up. Get your shrimp ready. Get your shrimp ready, bro. Uh, we can talk about your favorite your favorite way to eat shrimp. Yeah, uh, my my preferred way is in a ring with a yogurt next to it and a banana. Oh, <laughs> it sounds delicious. <laughs> All right. Well, catch us next week for Forrest Gump. Uh, Brennan, what are you looking forward to watching this week? Uh, big week for premieres, Zach. Uh, week. Mandalorian premieres tomorrow. Uh-huh. It's wild. The season three Mandalorian. Uh, can't wait to wake up early and watch the season three premiere. We already um, wild. Yeah, it is insane. Uh, I am podcasting um, every week with nice. Latanya and Rich about the Mandalorian. So... Mm-hmm. You know, I would be excited even if I wasn't getting uh, paid to podcast, but I'm very excited to be podcasting for post-show recaps about The Mandalorian. Yeah, that's uh, great for you. About about The Mandalorian this season. Um, really looking forward to it. And then, um, yeah, uh, something I know you and I are both excited about as well, uh, Survivor for us tomorrow. Little yeah, show called tepid. Survivor. I'm a little tepid on it. I'm, I'm excited. I'm sure I'll be excited. What it's going to be fun. Like, Every season before Survivor, the last couple, I'm just like, eh, we're doing this again. But then when it starts, I'm It'll be a good time. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, what am I looking forward to watching this? Well, I'm finally going to get to watch Double Indemnity, I think, for Criterion. Oh, it's, it's so good. You're going to love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's for Love Week. Yeah, you'll learn. Uh, also, I really need to get to Women Talking. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe tonight. That might be my watch before the basketball game in a couple hours. But I might try to watch Women Talking before. So Nice. And uh, we'll both be watching Forrest Gump. So we'll see yes, everybody we next week. Brennan, I'm sure you have some catchphrases you want to do from Forrest Gump. Go for it. Stupid is the stupid does, Zach. <laughs> Stupid is as stupid does. That is correct. I kind of forgot. As you were saying that, I'm like, is that from Fort? Oh, yeah. I know, I'm trying to. I couldn't think of anything. And I'm like, I feel stupid. Life is like oh. a box of chocolates. Uh, yeah. yeah, I kind of took that one. Uh, I got to pay. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, Your boy doc- is special. Don't drink too much Dr. Pepper before our podcast, Brendan. Yeah, there uh, you go. I, I always do, though. That's the problem. It's true. Do you, you don't drink Dr. Pepper, though. You're usually drinking Coke Zero, no, right? No, it's Coke Zero. You must right. have had we, me about 13 of them Coke Zeros. What do we got for Letterboxd reviews? Um, I'm sure there's some good ones. Um, Two-hour wait before Brad Pitt gets hot, more suspenseful than Hitchcock. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. Some Hitchcock. Um, that's very funny. If Benjamin was born a baby-sized man, why didn't he die an old man-sized baby? That's kind of what you were saying. That was what I was trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, if we would have done 80 for Brady, we could have done 80, 80 for baby. And as our title connection to this. <laughs> Wait till next week. Yeah. Uh, oh, here we go. This is this is the perfect one to end on. All right. Oh, no. Finton Hurl says, it's like Forrest Gump, except not good. <laughs> good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>